Welcome to the College Football Bros. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is at Ryan F. Newman 1 on Twitter. That's a unique name for sure. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who is at 3 Newman. That's me, Trey Newman. I love I love my handle. It's a it's a great handle. I have also created my own Twitter account, so I will no longer solely be tweeting from at CFB Bros. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CFB underscore Michael. And uh, my goal is to catch up to Ryan and Trey in terms of of follower count. Shouldn't take uh, too Ryan, long. Ryan, you're at 163. Uh, Trey, what do you think you're at? I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to say 205. 240. 240. Uh, okay. I wonder how many are like real people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you follow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I currently have 26, and I have a question for you guys. Over or under, by the time we record next week, a total of 50 followers for me. Over. I'll right. go I'll go over because you'll probably still be following people, get those courtesy follow backs. Oh, oh I'm gonna cheat for sure. I'm gonna tweet out from CFB bros like, hey, yeah, oh, you're, you're gonna pay for followers. Not gonna yeah. do that. Not gonna do that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we have a, a new sponsor this week that is very timely, should help you out uh for the holidays here. So who's that, Ryan? Yeah, uh with myfrontpagestory.com. Um, it's a really cool website. Um, it's a really cool kind of gift that they have. So what you do, what they offer is, so w- you talk to a professional writer about someone you love. You, somebody could be your parent, could be your, your wife, your, your husband, whoever it may be. Um, and you talk to them for about 10, 15 minutes and you kind of form a story with that professional writer. They'll kind of come up with a unique way of telling it and they'll write it, make it look sound really nice um and what it happens is they take it and put it on a newspaper so it just looks exactly like it would on a front page of a newspaper it's framed um they could they can put it hang it up in and your your den wherever in your house it's a really cool thing um looks like it would just completely on a, a front of a newspaper it's really cool it's something kind of unique to do it's not nothing uh it's kind of something not a that's, candle it's not, it's a, not candle. a candle right it's something that's like hey this is not like a tie or just some weird you know boring gift that you give this one's unique they'll really appreciate it something that they'll be able to keep forever um so if, if you want to uh, go to myfrontpagestory.com um and get your your gift there yeah use the promo code bros20 oh, for 20 yeah. off yep ryan was just gonna he's just we need <laughs> yeah. some credit for this right yeah. talk about that my bad. Bro's give the 20. people their give the people their discount. Yeah, true. Twenty percent discount. That's my bad. All right, the uh, right there. Let's talk some football. Let's get to our week twelve takeaways. Uh, so Trey, what's your first one? Yeah. So here are our front page stories. Here mm-hmm. we got. Uh, first, I got to say, how good of a job has Pat Fitzgerald done with Northwestern? What a, what a turnaround from last year. Uh, their offense still isn't that great. Uh, but the defense is just outstanding. They dominated Wisconsin this weekend defensively. They didn't let Mertz, who had looked really good through the first couple of games, or the rest of the Badgers, they didn't do anything. Uh, every time I looked up, they were getting sacked or forcing the receivers to make a difficult throw or a difficult catch. Uh, 
so I, I saw this stat. Northwestern now has 23 outright wins as a when they're an underdog of six or more. The next best is 17. And that's in like the last 15 years. So they've just, wow. as a big underdog, they do a very good job at, at pulling out the wins. But the fighting Reese Davises, <laughs> now they're probably going to win the West Division. It's That's crazy. Not, not too many people were predicting that before the year. Um, but the Reese Davis thing, if you didn't hear Joey Galloway earlier in the week, referred to Northwestern as uh, their athletes as a bunch of Reese Davises. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald used that as bulletin board material, the whole Northwestern team. And, uh, they were vocal about it after I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of a funny term to use in a Northwestern against Wisconsin, because I feel like a lot of people would use that term for Wisconsin yeah. too, but yeah, not correctly, but yeah, I, I don't blame them for being a little upset there at Joey. Um, uh, that was kind of, kind of not cool, Joey. Um, all right. My first takeaway here. Pac-12, man, they need to schedule BYU if they want to have a legit shot at the playoff in my eyes. Um, you know, you got Oregon undefeated, USC and Washington still. Those are the three that, okay, you know, Colorado's still undefeated, but, you know, they don't have a chance. So those three, you got to make a way, make a, find a way to happen. I know I, we just found out, what was it, last night that UW kind of reached out to BYU to see if they could maybe set something up, but um, BYU wanted like a we're going crazy I know, right? watching on youtube i apologize <laughs> for having technical difficulty <laughs> um yeah so uh who uh was it bruce that reported it bruce film or um initially he saw a source yeah yes and said that byu just kind of said no thanks like we're just gonna see seemed like a weird report um and it ended up being not not exactly true byu just couldn't get a guarantee they'd have to spend so much money to get through the pac-12 protocols and everything uh so they just they weren't guaranteed it so they were gonna have to do a bunch of stuff in order to do it when they wouldn't be guaranteed just didn't make a lot of sense so i think the pac-12 needs to make it happen though oregon usc washington even if any of those teams go undefeated it's gonna look it's gonna seem tough because oregon oregon had the best chance going into the year because of preseason type of hype but three games in not not at all they almost lost to ucla they they're not getting any style points. UW started from a little back, but they did look pretty impressive versus Arizona. But I just don't think they're going to have enough. They're going to play so few games. A lot of these Pac-12 games are getting canceled. Some, some, maybe they only end up like five, six games total. That's, I think they need to find a way to play BYU and make that a stronger. They need that quality win. Yeah, it's and you're an undefeated Pac-12 team. You're right. Is is far from a guarantee to to make it. And on the other side, talking about BYU. They are they are desperately need that game. They have a zero percent chance essentially of making the playoff without adding another uh, another good team. And yeah. uh, but apparently, you know, they've Washington wasn't willing to guarantee it, so it kind of yeah. exactly. kind of made made sense that, that that it didn't happen, I guess. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, okay, well, speaking of the Pac-12, my takeaway is uh, Oregon and Washington should now be one A and one B in that Pac-12 North race. Uh, Oregon's defense kind of continues to disappoint. Luckily, the offense has been good. So like you said, they squeaked by UCLA 38-35 this past weekend. Washington, Washington though, clearly has a good defense, kind of like we expected. Um, they allowed 14 points against Oregon State, and they were up 44-6 to uh, through the uh, like midway through the fourth quarter against Arizona before some garbage time touchdowns. Um, so defense is great. Offense can run the ball at the very least. Yeah. And Dylan Morris, the, the redshirt freshman, game two looked pretty good against uh, 
uh, not good Arizona defense, but at least he did what he should have. At least so. Arizona looked decent defensively against the the Trojans. I know they did. I, I'm <laughs> kind of blaming that more on USC's offense, but yeah, yeah. I guess it remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, I, I just think these two teams, Oregon and Washington, are closer than we thought before the season. I picked UW to win it. Are you gonna? Are you calling victory still, or something? Still a long just way to saying. go. But just yeah, saying. they are. They are good. Okay. They are. They are very good. I liked UW. So People underrate them because they lost Peterson, but like Michael yeah. brings up, they, their talent level, the composite talent level on that team is just, it's very high. Mm-hmm. So a takeaway none of us saw coming before the season is Michigan's struggles continued. Um, they needed triple overtime to beat Rutgers. They won 48-42, and that's not a knock on Rutgers. Rutgers has clearly improved. Um, sure. But... Rutgers, they jumped out to a 17-0 lead in this game. Harbaugh ended up making the switch to Cade McNamara at quarterback. That's one of the storylines here is Cade McNamara ended up playing pretty well. He threw four touchdown passes, and he replaced Joe Milton. So maybe, if you're a Michigan fan, maybe McNamara can uh, provide a little fire for that uh, that offense in the, in the coming weeks. Um, but in this game, Michigan ended up taking control in the fourth quarter of what you thought. They went up eight. And then Noah Vedrill for Rutgers played really well. He led a, a really clutch drive and on fourth and nine in the, in the last minute, converted, scored a touchdown. They got the two point, two point conversion somehow. And th- yeah, it was an impressive play. And then in the first overtime, Michigan missed a field goal. And so it pretty much looked over like all Rutgers had to do was kick a field goal. And these coaches, it's just so baffling. You watch these games and so on third down, they were only at the, they're at their own 25. They didn't make any progress at third down. They just, they took a knee. They basically centered the ball and lost two yards to kick like a 40, what was it? 45 yard field goal. That's not a gimme. And of course the, the kicker missed it. And then they, they ended up losing a couple of times later after they scored some touchdowns. So just, uh, that's kind of baffling for me by uh, Rutgers. But the yeah. point is overall Michigan, they might have some hope with McNamara, but they're still with Harbaugh, not where they want to be, where they're in a dogfight with Rutgers. That's yep. for sure. Uh, all right, uh, let's see here. My second one. Uh, OU man, OU is playing like a top five team right now. They are they are looking legit. Spencer Rattler um, just lit up uh, a good Oklahoma State uh, defense this past week. He threw for over three hundred yards on only twenty four attempts. So we're getting back to the the OU that we're used to on offense. Just those yards per attempt just through the roof over ten. Um, he had four touchdowns, zero picks. Uh, so the passing game has looked good. Uh, Ramondi Stevenson has taken over the reins there at running back. He's just a load. Uh, is it looking, looking really good defense is where it's, you know, I'm both sides of the ball are just getting better. Defense is playing really, really well. Now, Ronnie Perkins is playing really well. Nick Benito. I mean, it got some playmakers coming back and they're, they're looking, they're looking good. It's, it's, it's happening on both sides of the ball. That home loss to, to Kansas state might cost them playoff, but you know, they, they still have a shot. They, they, they do. Um, but especially if they kind of keep dominating, you know, I think maybe the committee would consider that. It's like, Hey, the last seven or eight games, this team has looked legit. So if like, if they go eight and two and, you know, beat whatever it is, Iowa state or something in the, uh, big 12 title game, they might consider a two loss. OU over like a six and O Oregon, you know, that hasn't looked they, that impressive. They need, they'd for sure need a, a, a good amount of help. Um, you know, yes. with, with Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio state yeah, and, uh, you know, Florida, Georgia or not Florida, Georgia, Florida, uh, Alabama, Alabama yeah. Yeah. all still right in there. They'll, they'll need a lot of losses, but it's, yeah, it's, it's conceivable. Yep. 
but they're the favorites in the conference to to win the Big Twelve. So, yep. Uh, okay, my next takeaway is that the Ohio State secondary could be their Achilles heel this season. So we knew there was going to be a, a lack of depth and experience there with all that they lost and finally showed up against Indiana. Michael Penix had 491 passing yards. Indiana made a great comeback, hung in there, ended up losing 42 to 35. So good job by Tom Allen and crew. But, you know, I mean, it certainly didn't help. Justin Fields probably had his worst game uh, as a Buckeye. Uh, he threw three picks. But honestly, there's I don't worry about the offense at all. Uh, Master Teague was great on the ground. They're going to be great. But if Ohio State doesn't win the national championship, it's very likely because of the secondary not being able to stop Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, one of, one of those type of guys. So I'm not saying that they won't win it, but I'm just saying that it, that would be the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, I, gotta, I always got to give love to the, the littler guys. So I got to give some love this week to Nevada. Mm. They beat San Diego State. They played in the main CBS game this week because SEC calculation. So they had the big boys of CBS were there. Um, but they beat San Diego State 26-21. Jay Norvell, he's done a great job kind of building Nevada back up. Uh, his quarterback, Carson Strong, he has a big arm, kind of a name to watch if you uh, if you end up finding yourself watching a Mountain West game the rest of the year. But they're 5-0. and They sit atop the Mountain West. They still do have to play Fresno and Boise, or I'm sorry, Boise and San Jose State. The no, no, I said that backwards. <laughs> well, they, have, they have to play Fresno and San Jose State. They avoid Boise unless, of course, maybe they get them in the big or in the Mountain West Championship. So, um, either way, five and zero, oh, great start, good job by Norvell, and watch for Carson Strong. Yeah, that that is good. Um, all right, uh, let's move to mine here. I got uh, JT Daniels to the rescue. Uh, for Georgia, uh, an impressive first first outing for him. Yeah. Um, first quarterback since Aaron Murray in 2013 to throw for for over 400 yards. Murray did it twice that year, actually. And shout out to one of our patrons, uh, David, for giving us that little juicy nugget. <laughs> or patrons, either way, <laughs> patron, 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 patron. What I say, <laughs> patron, said patron. Oh, well, you know, it's like Megatron. You know, there yeah, you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um yeah so anyways uh jermaine burton he, he had a huge game uh receiving in this this georgia game here this past week uh but pretty surprising though georgia i mean given how well uh jt daniels played that they barely won they barely beat mississippi state like, yeah yeah right it's like if you tell me he was gonna throw for over 400 yards uh then i would think that they would have dominated but they barely pulled this one out and they just couldn't run the ball they ran for eight yards that's what crazy what's that yeah i mean that you know a great that jt was came to the rescue and he was awesome but and he's the guy of course moving forward but whoa what's going on with uh, their ground game i don't know i don't know they plug one hole and then another one yes shows up but Man. it's that's i mean the quarterback moving forward for the future that was the big huge yeah. concern because obviously they're not going to make the playoff this year they're kind of big goals are gone but Yep. To have a promising quarterback is is what they needed. Still can make yep. a New Year's six. Of, you know, yeah, no, that'd yeah. be good. Uh, okay, my uh, takeaway here: Cincinnati got by their toughest remaining obstacle to finishing undefeated. They won at UCF thirty six thirty three. And Ryan, your your double mega lock of man, the year, kind of what a bad a brutal, what a brutal loss there. So man. unlucky. So you had Cincinnati <laughs> minus six, and they had the ball 
first and goal, minute and a half left, and their running back, I, I'm, I think it was Dokes, had a yeah. a, a wide-open touchdown that just could have just ran in, not here, could have walked in, and he decided to go down at the one-yard line on purpose, which was actually a very smart play because it ended up they were able to just run the clock down, and they... Yeah, but they but tried. Crazy. I feel like they tried on third down to score. Yeah. They did try. They did they try did. because there was, you know, maybe thirty seconds left or how. And that much probably would have might have been the right call at that point. You know, like yeah, at right. that point, scoring the touchdown was made you win more sense, I guess. Although, but it it kind of worked out perfectly the way everything played out because they they were able to get it to where there was a it was fourth down and there was a two second differential between the game clock and the yeah. play clock. So all they had to do was snap it, take a knee. You win the game. Like, have you ever seen a team lose in that situation? I don't remember in our yeah. lifetime that ever happening. Well, once they got <laughs> it to third down, it was they won. Just didn't turn the you know. But that, yeah. yeah, the third down they tried. Oh man, it, it was. What's weird is it wasn't like an obvious situation where if you take the if you don't score a touchdown, like when the running back decided not to go in, it mm-hmm. was like what well, like you said, it was like over a minute and a half and they knew they couldn't quite exactly run it out. You know what I'm saying? Like they couldn't yeah. go to a ticket. They weren't taking knees. Like I said, yeah, they, it, get, it got down to two seconds. Yeah. yeah so they, it knew they couldn't take a knee in it and over. So they had to, but oh. that, that last snap was oh. almost yeah. like that could have <laughs> been, if, if, if Ritter doesn't touch that, that ball is loose 10 yards behind him. And there was 27 for UCF was a fast guy. Like, yeah. Well, the guy jumped on it. One, that, that was very, very scary. To, or one, that would uh, have been one of the most unbelievable finishes ever. Yeah. Oh. That's why I think it was so. That's why I think the decision, even in hindsight, is is a good decision because it would have taken one of the craziest plays ever yeah. for it to end up, you know, not getting that touchdown. Having since he was them. the better team man, clearly <clears throat> that was tough, right? That was <laughs> tough. <laughs> okay, right. so there you go. Tough beat. Well, tough beat. Cincinnati was that on. Uh, bad beats uh it, it actually was it okay actually was i was gonna say moment. that's got <laughs> that's a bad one hey all right we good that's all our takeaways yeah well one thing you gotta if you did not watch the tulane tulsa game oh. just pull up the the highlights on that on was ESPN. another com. bad beat tonight magical you, year for tulsa unbelievable yeah uh, okay, well, let's uh, let's get to our segment for this episode. And in honor of Thanksgiving, we have two questions. Uh, first one, which fan base should be the most thankful for their team's performance this year? I'm going to go with Iowa State, the Cyclones. Um, they should definitely be thankful that they're 6-2 and two and ranked, well, I think, 15th, I saw, uh, was what they're ranked right now. Uh, this is probably the best team they've ever had. Um, they've only finished in the top 25 twice in their entire history um and 19th was the highest that they finished um so they're sitting at 15 right now looking good and assuming they win one more game um this will be the winningest four-year stretch in the history of their program so it's been like the golden years of iowa state football here and yeah you know and and they'll actually you know winning is four-year stretch they'll actually beat out like a the 1903 to 1906 cyclone squad for that for that honor Uh, they were (laughs) they were pretty impressive (laughs) pretty impressive back then so might have played fewer games back then probably it was well this year they're not gonna play much but it was close they played like 10 11 but yeah exactly but still you know they've obviously never won a big eight or big 12 title never even made it to the conference title game and so this they play at texas this this week I think it's the biggest game in their history. If they win, they're in the Big 12 yeah. title game. 
I think I think you're right. That's the probably the biggest game. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, yeah, Matt Campbell. Like, can't you can't? There's a, a murmur of people yeah. because they would, you know, what last year did they go seven and six or something like that? It's like calling yeah. him overrated. It's just what he's yeah, done. He's won incredible. like eight, eight, and seven. Go win at Iowa weird. State, tough guy. Like, and he's been unlucky in close games too. And in, in you know, at least last year he was. I remember, but. Some, yeah. I love the people that just were freaking out after the Louisiana game to start the year. I got I got some crap because I made Iowa. You got a lot of crap. Like my let's lot. just chill, guys. There's can't overreact. You can't overreact. Oh, people love to overreact, man. Um. All right. Well, I'm gonna say uh, the most thankful fan base should be Northwestern. So Trey, you of course talked about them earlier. They were three and nine last year. It was arguably Pat Fit- Pat Fitzgerald's worst team in his 14 years there. And there was a chance that this was heading towards, I know it was only one year, but it was such a bad year that there was a chance it was headed towards kind of what TCU has been going through with Gary Patterson in terms of kind of the, the yeah. drop off and wins the last few years, what David Shaw could be kind of on his way towards at Stanford. Like. But it was just a, a one year dip because here they are, uh, what five and O ranked 11th in the country uh, getting, I know the offense still sucks, but like Peyton Ramsey has made it a lot better. It's not nearly. That's the yeah, difference. Their defense is last year. Really not that much different than last year. They still have the same key guys uh, on defense. They just They're playing great. They even they're lost a couple of guys up front on that D line that were really good, like Gaziano. But they, but mm-hmm. they're still really stout. The defense is always, I feel like, about the same for Northwestern. Yeah, they've had some young guys step up on that defense too. So yeah, they're not they're, missing the production uh, they lost. It's just the offense wasn't went much. from. The offense went from worst ever to maybe like a hundredth. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's like good that. enough. <laughs> they actually are. They're a hundredth in SP plus right now. Exactly. There you go. Good. But they're third in defense. They haven't had the third best defense. Like that's yes. pretty ridiculous. It helps having an offense that isn't dead last. That's true. All right, mine is uh, BYU. Uh, they've had some yeah. ups and downs with Kalani Sataki, and he was even kind of over the last couple of years been on the hot seat. But yeah. They have really put it all together this year. I know the schedule has been favorable, but they're still doing what they have to do. They're just kind of destroying teams for the most part. Um, they're getting everything and more out of Zach Wilson uh, of what they wanted. Like he had some hype last year. He kind of had an up and down year, but this year he's a Heisman contender. I mean, he's a he's a stud going up draft boards. Um, obviously, it could end up being maybe a little sad for them if they don't make uh, don't get a shot at the playoff or whatever, but. Any BYU fan would have signed up for where their their current standing is right now. You know, they going into the year, like before all COVID happened and stuff, like people were looking at their schedules, like, oh, they got a really tough schedule, you know, their original schedule. So they had like, you know, some big names on there, but I just wanted to quickly read off who they had originally had. And okay. kind of, so Utah, they would have played at Utah, of course. Yeah. Right. Michigan State. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ASU, so that one's solid, but you know, eh. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Minnesota, that looked like it was going to be a tough game before the year started. No, Utah State, yeah, Missouri, yeah. Houston. I mean, these aren't all these aren't all gimmies, but they're, yeah. they're, they're a lot, lot tougher just, than than their current schedule. But no, yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah, it didn't it didn't quite pan out. Maybe Stanford as difficult. It just saying like some of these programs like Michigan State, Utah, Stanford, Minnesota. Like they're just having such down years right now. Like they still honestly could be undefeated with that schedule. Like it's not, mm-hmm. none of those teams are, none of them are in the top 25, except for is Boise in the top 25 right now? 
I don't think they are, right? Or they're close. I think I'm not they sure. are now, but if not, they're unbeaten, doing fine. But, but BYU destroyed them, so just <laughs> yeah, they're not. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right, BYU. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, I think they'd still be could still. I was be talking about the Mountain West, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, and I also kind of want to walk back something I said earlier in the podcast when we talked about the BYU scheduling situation. Like, I don't know the exact situation. It seems like it was different, like you said, Ryan, than initially reported. But if they're not going to schedule any game this weekend, BYU, then I feel like a conditional game against Washington is maybe worth the <clears throat> shot, right? <clears throat> it just, I feel like they, I think they had to spend so much money to, okay. to prep, be able to play stuff. the game, just give it a possibility. And then they right. could have taken it away at the last moment and they just wasted a bunch of money. It's like, that would be That's a kind fair. of bad move by the department to waste money when they, you know? So. Yeah. And as, as we look at the, you know, as we're sitting here right now, it seems I read that it was somewhat likely that Washington's just going to end up playing Utah if, uh, and if ASU has to yeah. cancel again. So exactly. And, and, the, and go ahead, Trey. No, I was just going to say, and they know that um, they have another open date, December 12th. And they, there's teams like Cincinnati out there or other yeah. teams that they're they that might have another bad. chance to to do it. So it wasn't like this weekend and it's over. So that I'm just yeah. trying to make uh make a case for them. Yeah. yeah. I, I just thought it was a little harsh from I got I, I mean uh from uh Bruce there. Uh well, that, that was need more more content. That was an irresponsible tweet. B when when does BYU duck out from playing big boys? They never do. They always go want to go play at the big time play schools that, that was, i will not have any negative bruce talk on this podcast it just, that Ryan. was i'm sorry when i read that i i just like that's irresponsible well maybe that at the not. time that he got the information he didn't know the whole context you gotta exactly. give him the, the doubt. Exactly. that's the point <laughs> don't call out of school if you don't got the whole context him in my face <laughs> i don't know just uh, be that does byu would play they 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 never back out ryan's the byu resident homer of our podcast as you can tell <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm with you. You gotta see all sides of the story. No. Were you guys able to hear that Bruce drop? Sorry, I did. We just totally talked over it. (laughs) Okay, no, I'm just, I'm just making sure you heard it because Bruce just talked about plugging in his face and there's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's just, we love Bruce, and it was like second nature to hear him. But (laughs) let's go one more Bruce clip. You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that leaves your tush feeling tingly. Everybody makes mistakes, Bruce. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, all right. Which, which fan base should be the least thankful for their team's performance this year? Uh, good old Big Red, Nebraska. There is just not a whole lot to be thankful for. They just blown out by Illinois. Uh, wasn't even a contest, just annihilated. Uh, Luke McCaffrey can't really throw the ball uh, at all. Um, it's just the, there's no weapons. The defense stinks. Uh, it's just like there's no positive things to really look at if you're a Nebraska fan right now. It's like it's year three of Scott Frost. They shouldn't be bad. Like They should at least be a six and six type of team. There's talent enough there. He's had yeah. enough time. Like This is embarrassing. They've gotten worse. It's gotten worse under Frost is the main problem that we all have. It's like, there's no progress. We're going in the wrong direction. So it's a lot of us Husker fans are completely off the bandwagon of Frost. Um, I'm know. not yet. I'm not. Trey's yet. got a little sliver of a hope. I I, mean, I don't. I, I think he needs to uh, step up his game, step up his coaching assistance. He needs to get rid of the D coordinator. I think he needs to give up play calling duties. Uh, just 
get an offensive co- coordinator in there too. Let him focus on more of the whole program thing, like Saban. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of things that need to be fixed. Yeah, it's not good in year three. We did not expect us to be at this point, and with because I know obviously the the Husker program and and Nebraska fans, I think by and large understand this. We're not we're not trying to be national champions anymore. We're like that's we get that's a pipe dream, but we right now even not having good years lately are recruiting top twenty ish classes. So I think expecting to be pretty good is is reasonable. We expect to compete for the West Division title. That's what we mm-hmm. expect. Like, you know, so we recruit the best in the West. Yeah, we have been at least Wisconsin. Uh, we've, yeah, it I mean, we now. win it. <laughs> we just. All right. Well, uh, I'm going with uh, a team in kind of a similar spot, Tennessee. They've got great fan base. They can recruit really well, better than Nebraska. And they've only won nine games twice since 2007. And this year was kind of the hope for a potential breakout season. They, of course, won uh, their last was it six eight. games. Well, they no, not eight. Did they win well, eight they games eight in, a in a row? If you counted the first two going into this year, I think. Oh, right? is that okay. what it was? Yeah. 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 So end to end last season, they won, I think, six games in a row. Brought in a great recruiting class. The whole momentum of Pruitt was the offseason. was good. Yeah. Yeah. Off-season great offseason. And now they're two and five. They still have Florida and AM left. So could be could be a three and seven season here. And I would think that the fan base is is kind of feeling about Pruitt like Nebraska fans feel about Frost. Just kind of, you know, a lot of fans out on him and you know, maybe some holding hope. Yeah, it's took took quite a turn there. Yeah. But poor they're still recruiting well. They got the eleventh overall class right now. At so. least they got that going for them. Yeah. Yep. I mean it's it's a good class. I'm going to go with another blue blood, Penn State. They're 0 and 5. And that, it's the worst start in school history, but that wasn't entertained by anyone in the world. Like, not even if you said they were going to be 1 and 4 to start the year, you would have just laughed. You would have scoffed at that. And, but they've had tough losses, they've had blowout losses. There's been regression on offense. We've seen Sean Clifford not not be the greatest. Um, obviously, we knew that, that the opt-outs didn't help with Micah Parsons, and then later Journey Brown had to retire running back. But still, no one expected this or saw this or or wanted this. Uh, so Happy Valley ain't so ain't so happy right now. Oh, more like Unhappy Valley. Yeah. Unhappy Valley. That's right. It's crazy. They they just you know I mean they lost in Nebraska. Ooh. Yeah. But like, I'm not, I mean, their future, I'm not pessimistic on, but it's Same taking it. It's taking a, a little bit of a detour. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's obviously a, a horrible year, but anyone that's, that's, it seems like a lot of people are like, Oh, James Franklin sucks or this or that. He should be on the hot seat. It's just the guy's done over reactors. It's the overreacting done a great crowd. job there. He did an incredible job at Vandy, like amazing. Did a really, really good job at, at Penn State. They've won 10, 11 games, right? A like couple of New Year's Six Bowls, yeah. Yeah, and this year, I don't know. It's won, just Won the Big Ten. Like, yeah. yeah. Hard to do. Hard to do. For sure. So, I uh, yeah, like, I, I would happily take him, let's just say, as a USC fan, if uh, yes. if Penn State don't, was willing to part with him. But Don't overreact, people. But he hopefully he'll, he kind of will need a little bit of a bounce back next year, of course. But um, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't, I would I would expect them to. They're still going to have a lot of talent, and mm-hmm. you know, normal year that would be different. Okay, 
Well, let's uh, before we get into our week 13 picks against the spread, uh, we've got a website where you can make those picks. So it's mybookie.ag. Thanksgiving, of course, is this week. So it's going to be a week full of turkey dinners, NFL, college football, and my bookie's turkey day free play. So I know I feel like we said this before, but this like ad copy that I'm about to read here, yeah, there's a lot of good deals. And the bros amazing. are they've actually kind of been, they've kind of been week. pausing their their deals for the last few weeks, saving up for this one. You know, like there hasn't Apparently. been like lightning deals or boosted odds the past couple of weeks because they're saving for this week. Like they're going all out this week. So this week only, sign up and get your first deposit matched halfway, and you'll receive a $250 risk-free bet on the Texans-Lions full game spread. So here's how it works. You make your deposit, place a bet on the early game spread, and if you win, you win. And that's cash in your pocket. If You, you get lose, like 230 or whatever, right? Or yeah, about- 250 to win whatever it is, 230, yeah. I don't know. Uh, if you lose my bookie will refund you up to $250 on your wager. It credited directly to your account. Uh, so celebrate Turkey day, the, my bookie way, use the promo code CF bros. That's all caps CF bros to claim your deposit bonus and your $250 risk-free bet. If you've been on the fence about, about joining now's a good time, especially because the following day, my bookie is as they say, cranking up the heat with a boosted odds Black Friday special. So amazing. We are going to be logged in yeah. every hour on Friday because from 10 a.m. Eastern to 11:30 p.m. Eastern, the value just keeps on coming and the players keep on winning because this boosted odds day. So every hour they've they've got a new point spread or whatever, something for you to bet on. And they have moved the odds in your favor so we've like we've said they've they've had these days before sometimes it'll be they move a team's minus 21 and they'll make them minus seven and you can bet you know up to 25 dollars on that so they just have a bunch of deals kind of like that throughout the day if you bet them all of course it's not a guaranteed winner but it's on all of them you're, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to make money that day well no, i guess pretty not. much pretty much but it would have you have to get very unlucky let's just say so yeah yeah it's uh, pretty much free teasers, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. and if you're going to sign up, definitely pay attention to your phone on, on Friday to get all those deals. So that's why they call football season winning season at my bookie. All right. Yeah. I, I'm like go. making sure I'm on it the whole day. Like, I got we're going to be texting each other. Yeah, we, yeah. Hey, we better be updating each other. Like, hey, don't don't forget this one. Don't forget this. Like, yeah. Uh, OK, let's uh, get to our week 13 picks now. Uh, Iowa State on Friday. There's a couple games on on Thursday, Thanksgiving. Not the greatest game, so we'll, we'll move. What's that? Is that no. Egg, is Egg Bowl no. On, no. on Friday this no. year? It's not on Thursday. It's not. It, it on has Friday been in the past, but um, not this year. Oh, rats. Yeah, I think it's on Saturday this year. Ah, bummer. Yeah. We'll get to that. But, but anyway, Friday, we got Iowa State at Texas. Texas is favored one and a half, Ryan. Yes, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but biggest game, I think, in Iowa State's program history here. They win, and they're in. They're they're in that Big 12 title game uh, for the first time. Um, for Texas, if they win, well, they would control their own destiny at that point, um, and they would have a very, very strong chance of getting in. But it's kind of a logjam. There would be like like four teams with two losses, uh, potentially, if that, that happened. But they would have beaten Iowa State and Oklahoma State, so... They'd, they'd be looking pretty good. Um, and Texas has the Kansas schools left their next two games. So 
looking pretty good uh, to to win those both those games. So, you know, yeah, they'd be looking at a very successful eight and two year if they won. Um, but I'm going to take the Cyclones here, though. Um, their defense has been playing better. I mean, they have a pretty solid one. Um, and keep in mind, Texas hasn't played since the seventh. They haven't played since November seventh, so it'll be like three weeks. Uh, since they will have uh, played live action. So maybe maybe a little bit of a, a rust factor there. But, um, you know, even without that, I, I still like the Cyclones. Brock Purdy played the best game of the year uh, last week. So he's he's looking good. He's coming in confident. Uh, I think that he's kind of gaining his traction um, after a somewhat slow start to the, to the year. Um, I, I, w- I would kind of be surprised if this one wasn't super close. It seems like Texas and Iowa State, both of them kind of play uh, some pretty tight games, um, but I like the Cyclones to pull it out here. I like the Cyclones as well, and it's a toss-up game, like you said. But I know Kansas State isn't at full strength, but they won forty-five nothing and just dominate. It was one of their best performances uh, of the year. Um, no defense has been able to slow down Brees Hall. He's at over yeah. one hundred and thirty yards rushing in every game, except for that first first he's game of the year. Maybe the most underrated player in the country. That guy is awesome. He's he's balling out. Um, Herman, Texas coach, even said that this is the best Iowa State team he's seen since he's been there. Which I think we might all agree it could be the case. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know they, the defense might have some some struggles stopping Ellinger, but they're they're kind of they're built for it. Um, they're they're strong up front on that that line. I think they'll make enough stops to get the win. I'm with you guys. I, I like Iowa State. Um, you know, and it's uh, Brees Hall is is a bit Brees Hall and Brock Purdy big big reason why. And I think their their defense is is better than Texas's. So, but I I have a surprise trivia question for you guys here. So let's uh, let's enter the trivia zone. Mm. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question. A lot of Bruce today. Trivia doesn't matter what it is. You have answers. So. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia zone. Ryan, okay, so, by the way, by the way, yeah. my bookie would have had Michael at minus 1,000 that he was going to take Iowa State in this game. No, I know. I thought about that right before. <laughs> I was like, has Michael ever not taken Iowa State in a game? <laughs> I, I, Michael, I may not have. I don't know. Michael, have Michael's good at both, playing both sides. He but loves Iowa OU State, and he, he loves Iowa State. But he loves Iowa yeah. State a little more. Iowa yeah. State more for sure. If they play yeah. each other, he's going Iowa State, but it's yeah. You know. Okay, well, so here's the question. So Brees Hall has gone over 100 yards rushing in all eight games this season. Since 2000, only nine other running backs have surpassed 100 yards in each of his team's first eight games. So I'm going to name the year Jonathan Taylor. He did not do it. No! I don't know. I don't know how he didn't. I'd have to go back and look, but right. you know, it actually sounds familiar. Him having like ninety-six yards in a game. That's in fact, that's surprising. That he had three years of over two thousand. Didn't, didn't we have like a fan? Yeah, I know. I'm surprised he didn't do it. But didn't we have a fan one time, like in our comments on Instagram or something, talking trash about how many yards Jonathan Taylor was going to have against them? And they were just oh, that going back and forth. And he ended up, I think he had, ended up having fewer than 100 yards. Anyway, right. I don't know. Uh, uh, so, so anyway, so I'm naming the, the, the year and the school, and you got to name the running back that did this. Uh, so 2000, TCU. LaDainian. LT. LaDainian Tomlinson. 2004, Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson. Adrian. Yep. 2000, 2004 again, Cal. 
Uh, oh God! I get all these Cal running backs. They have. So, they had so many running backs in a row. They had that Javid Bess, Marshawn. They uh, was it Marshawn? No, or JJ Arrington? JJ Arrington. Yeah, Arrington. Okay. See, yeah, there's too many. Yeah, that's all right. 2005 Washington State. Whoa, you'll know it when you hear it, but I don't think I would have come up with this. <sighs> hmm. Oh man, Sean. No, that was Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, you played for the Seahawks. So. Yeah, um, Washington State. Oh, man. And I might need another hint. I think he, my, my NFL knowledge is rusty. I think he might have played for the Bengals in the NFL. He wasn't a big back, um, I don't think. I don't know. J.H. are his initials. Uh, wow. wow. Is it uh, Jerome Harrison? Yeah, Jerome Harrison. Okay, oh, JH gave it away for a little bit for me there, but and the small good guy, job. the small kind of made it. Yeah, he was a while. He played what for Cleveland or something? Oh, was I? I yeah, I don't. Maybe I was close. I remember. There. I don't remember the NFL. Exactly. Uh, Two thousand eight UConn. Donald Brown. Yeah, oh, Donald Brown. That's a good job, Trey. Two thousand eight Iowa. Oh, they've had some backs too. Um. I can give you a hint if you want it. Oh, man. Why? I'm going to take the hint. All right. I guess uh, so. he, he ended up playing for the Jets, I believe. I believe he got drafted to the Jets. Golly gee. Um, wow. Let me know when you want good. the initials. I'm going to need them right now. Yeah. Not to ring a All bell. Right. For the sake of the listeners, SG. Sean Green. John Green. Yep. Wow. Rats. <sighs> 2009 Fresno State. Uh, Man, I can picture him. Oh, he was good, right? He he was... went to, yeah. to like. Well, he had a, at least 100 yards in each of his no, first oh, eight yeah, games. True. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. No. Uh, uh, Ryan Matthews. Ryan, yeah, oh, they nailed it. Ryan Matthews. He went like, to the Eagles or something, right? Played for the Chargers. the Chargers. Oh, that's right. That's Started right. at the Chargers, yeah. That's right. 2014 Indiana. Wow. 2014 Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. I can picture him too. Was he a little bigger? Yeah, he was a big back. Yeah. Y- yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can I can picture the guys, but I. Hey, this one's not coming to me. Uh, the Hoosier fans are going to be just. No, I know. If you're a Hoosier fan, you're like, how do you not remember? It's like, I get it. There's a lot of guys. I mean, when you hear the name, you're going to kick yourself, but. That's just the way it is. A lot of guys to remember in college. I can picture him, but can't put the name with him right now. Uh, all right, I'll yeah. give you the initials. TC. Tevin Coleman. Yep, Tevin <sighs> Coleman. 2015, this is the last one. 2015, Ohio State. Zeke. Um, yeah. Zeke Elliott. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty good company to be in. Brees Hall, the, the 10th running back since 2000 to get 100 yards each of his first eight hey, games. I mean, especially in nowadays, like running back, yeah. that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also he didn't have a non-conference with, you know, yeah. lesser teams to, to pad stats against. So two of what those guys, two of those nine guys did it in every single game. They, they ended up finishing the season with, with a hundred yards. It was Sean green. He went all 13 games for Iowa and wow. uh, JJ Arrington, all 12 for Cal. Wow. Mm-hmm. We'll see if Brees Hall can continue it. 
Uh, let's move on to quite a detour from Notre Dame is minus four and a half at North Carolina. What do you think, Trey? I'm taking the Tar Heels here. Uh, the defense for them is a, is a bit worrisome, but you have to like their offense. Uh, the Irish, of course, they have a strong defense, but they're coming off games, giving up 40 to Clemson, which not a major red flag, uh, and then 31 to Boston College. So I have to believe the Heels will find some success. Uh, and what's great about their offense is, as we all know, it's not solely dependent on Sam Howell. I mean, sure, they've got awesome wideouts with Newsom and Brown, but they have Javante Williams running the ball really well. Um, the Irish on the offense, they're going to be missing their starting center and guard. So I think Ian Book will still do well, and they'll put up points against that Tar Heel defense, but can they totally match score for score? We'll see. So I'm just going to take the home underdog. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Um, this is obviously a massive game for for Notre Dame because if they win it, then they're favored to to go undefeated in the regular season, which might earn them a playoff spot even if they do lose to to Clemson in that ACC I think they title. But I think I think they would deserve it. Yeah. So um, this is their their toughest test remaining. Um, the and, and I, I like Carolina to to cover here because yeah, offense has been pre- playing great lately. You mentioned it's it's not just Sam Howell and the the receivers. It's you know Williams and Carter on, on the ground, and with Notre Dame missing some pieces, North Carolina on, on their defense is actually getting some pieces back potentially. Kyle Michael, a starting corner, is going to be back here, and right. Storm Duck potentially you know one of their best players on defense could be back in that secondary as well. So that could uh, help shore up what has been a, a shaky defense. Yeah. I'm going to go the other way, guys. Um, I, I'm not confident in North Carolina's defense, even with bringing a guy or two back. Uh, it's uh, They got a long way to go. They gave a 53 to, to Wake Forest. It's been a league. Day. Yes. <laughs> that was great. Not, not very good. Uh, and Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to be able to run the ball. Notre Dame, Ian Booker's going to be able to do kind of what they want. And North Carolina... It, is going to have some challenges going up against a, a good Notre Dame defense. I'm not saying they're going to Notre Dame is going to completely shut them down, but they will definitely force some punts on the, on North Carolina. And Ian Book might have some some tighter windows he's got to throw to. He's we've seen a little more interceptions and stuff, especially at the beginning of the year. So that could could uh, come back uh, and bite. Are you talking about again. Sam Howell? You mean Sam yeah. Howell? Yeah. Oh, did I say that? Sorry, you said Ian, Ian Book. Book. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, no, not Ian Book. You don't throw interceptions. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like Notre Dame here. I just think they're the they're the better team. They they beat Clemson, man. Yeah, they're good. Dude. I remember that. I remember that game. Yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, let's. Uh, we got the the later game on. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. Overtime, I think. Yeah. Uh, Civil War on Friday night, Oregon. At Oregon State, <laughs> um, <laughs> Oregon is minus 13 and a half. Uh, we've talked about, I feel like the last couple episodes, we've brought up uh, Oregon's defense, you know, not being as dominant as, as we expected. So I think Oregon State can hang around in this game. Uh, UCLA and Stanford have, have put up big numbers on the ground against Oregon. Jamar Jefferson is, is a, a great running back, so he looks to be healthy this year. I think he's going to have... Uh, did have a scare last game, but I think he came back, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I think he could have a big game. And, you know, I don't see them winning because I think Oregon's offense is going to dominate as well. But uh, I'll lock in plus 13 and a half. Oh, okay. That was a very It was not lock. a very, yeah, yeah, the lock. I didn't lock build it. up to the lock that. like I like yeah. to, but 
I'm you're kind of I'm still thinking about that in the lock mid sentence, like you know, yeah, I'm just gonna lock it in. I yeah. know, yeah, you didn't do it. I didn't learn from your mega lock of the year last <laughs> year. No, maybe you did learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I agree. I'm, an, I'm taking the beefs. Uh, Oregon just has not been convincing in any game. Uh, e- even against Wazoo, they just they they were down. They kind of got lucky because they had that one huge play right before the half. Otherwise, they would have been out 12. They might have lost that game or had to fight even further to to win it. So just not impressed. Uh, beefs, they're fighting. They're, you know, they're not maybe not great, but they're going to fight hard. They compete w- with UW um, right to the to the end and kind of got pretty unlucky not to win that one so uh yeah i like the bees i think they'll make it they'll make it interesting i'm totally with you guys clean sweep the defense has just been too underwhelming for me to to back the ducks given this many points i think jonathan smith can can work a few plays to to uh to keep them in the game and i'm exactly like michael where i think they can i don't necessarily think they'll win but they might give them a scare and i'm also gonna lock the beavers in all right guys I mean, I'm just hoping it's close too, because that would be yeah. very fun on a Friday night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saturday, we've got the Iron Bowl, Auburn at Alabama. Alabama's favored 24 and a half. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's a lot of points. Um, I mean, I, I, I want to take Bama just because they, they, you know, they're so good. <laughs> but uh, you also kind of got to remember what happened last year. Uh, Auburn, Auburn beat them um, with Bo Nix. Uh, you know, I know Bama's defense is better this year and Auburn's is a little, probably a little bit worse. Um, Mac Jones is a little more seasoned. Um, uh, but I, I just can't give 24 and a half points. Uh, Auburn's still a solid team. You know, they're five and two. Um, they're, they've got a good defense still. Um, they got enough talent on that side of the ball to, to maybe give a little couple speed bumps, um, for, for Alabama's offense. And, you know, they've only given up 30 once this year. Um, so it's still, still a good group. You got big cat Bryant playing well, uh, smoky Monday or smoke Monday. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Tennessee's corner. You're thinking of. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. My bad. Christian Tut. So, you know, they got some, some good talent. Uh, give me, give me, give me Auburn here. They're still, they're, they're going to fight, fight hard in this one. It's the iron bowl. It's not going to be a blowout. Yeah. And I don't know if this spread is more, says more about how good Bama is or how much weaker Auburn is. I'm, I, to me, since the Ole Miss shootout that Bama had, they've just been playing at a at another level. Uh, they're just destroying other teams. And even though it, I'm with you, right? It almost seems too easy or logical to take this many points, and especially in this the Iron Bowl. But I'm going to go the opposite. I'm taking the Tide. Uh, I don't think Auburn is awful, but their five and two record is very misleading. I mean, even last week against Tennessee, they ended up winning by 13. But there was a hundred yard pick six. That was a fourteen point turnaround. Then they even kicked a late field goal in the end. So I think that score was a little bit closer than than what really happened. Um, it's a bummer too because I love the Iron Bowl. It's been probably the most fun game to watch over the last decade. So, but I'm going to take Bama. Yeah, I'm going with Alabama as well. Like you said, the only team to hang in there with Bama this year, really, for the full game was was Ole Miss, and that's because they have an incredible offense. Um, Auburn does not, and they also have three key players questionable for this game. We don't know if Tank Bigsby uh, at running back is is going to get the start, and both of their starting tackles are kind of day to day as well. So, it, with with those question marks, I'm just not sure they can keep up with this uh, this Bama offense, which has been ridiculous. Uh, Fair enough. Our, 
next game we got here is, but I hope, I mean, I hope it's close. That would oh, be I would love it. A lot of drama. Colorado at USC. Trojans are favored 13 and a half, Trey. Yeah, just what we Both all teams thought. Undefeated. Yeah, just what we all thought. The battle for the, the Pac-12 South. Colorado and SC, who would have thunk? But, um, I mean, Colorado is, of course, they're going to be taking a jumping class here playing SC given they, they've only beaten Stanford and UCLA. But we at least know their offense can move the ball. Uh, given SC's shaky nature on the defensive side, I don't see why Colorado can't find some success there. Sam Neuer through the air uh, could play well, but Jarek Broussard, their running back, he's run the ball great in their first couple games. We know SC's been a little vulnerable um, against the against the run, giving up 175 per game so far. Um, on the other side, though, I don't I don't necessarily see Colorado slowing down Slovis uh, and the Trojan offense all that much. But I think SC is going to win maybe in a higher scoring game. And in that case, I'll take the 13 and a half with Colorado. Yeah, I'm going to take take those points as well. Nothing has really come easy for this USC offense so far this year, um, even if against Arizona, who has should have one of the worst defenses in the power five. It, nothing came easy in that game until the very end. Um, so until I see this offense put together a, a full game, I'm going to take a double digit spread. Completely agree. Um, that's a clean sweep here. Colorado's competent. USC just doesn't have the uh, the consistency. Not sure what it is on offense. They got enough talent. The qu- quarterback's back. The lines are great. Drake London has stepped up. He's a yeah, beast. I, I just I'm not sure what it is. The line was is not much different from last year. It should. Yeah, I mean, we lost both starting tackles. We moved two guards to tackles. I, I don't think it's been. Fair. I don't think we've been able to count on the offensive line consistently. And I don't know. We'll see. But just just uh, seems a little off. It is for sure. Uh, okay. We got the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is favored nine and a half. And to me, Mississippi State keeping it close last weekend against Georgia was kind of an aberration. They've lost five of their last six games. The the only win was uh and that you know, since that week one win against LSU, but the only win in that last six game stretch was a, a close one against Vandy. So they've they've been terrible. They've they've had some defections and guys transferring out. Um, offense has been very bad, which is it's surprisingly bad under under Mike Leach, even in year one. KJ Costello might be back for this game. I'm not sure, but honestly, he hasn't been much better than the the true yeah. freshman Will Rogers. So I'm going to take Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin to uh, to get a double digit cover. Yeah, I, I agree here. I think Ole Miss is the uh, the the heavy heavy favorite. I don't know how Mississippi State will will really keep up with Corral, uh, assuming Corral doesn't have his one bad game that he had uh, earlier in the year. What he's like six picks. <laughs> it's like he just got it all out in one game. But if he's the Corral that we're used to seeing, I mean, Ole Miss is going to put up a ton of points and just you know, I I think Will Rogers. I like kind of like what I've seen from him so far this year for a true freshman. Um, he's he's done pretty well, uh, but just not. It's generous. I mean, true freshman, tough gig. Yeah, it's a lot true. of it's true. Lot of not not a lot of supporting cast. So yeah, I do think he has some promise, uh, but he just there's just there's too big of a discrepancy at QB for me to take uh, Mississippi State here. So yeah, definitely taking Ole Miss. The real question is: anyone going to pee in the end zone like mm. a dog mm. in this game like last year? That's that's what we really want to find <laughs> out. See. But uh, but no, I think Matt Corral. And the rebels—they're going to fire too many bullets uh, on that side of the ball. They're going to—they're going to sink the pirate ship 
of, of mm. Leach here. So I'm mm. taking Ole Miss as well. All right. OU minus 10 and a half at West Virginia. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, man, bounce back year here for Neil Brown. They're, they're, they're sitting at five and three right now. They're not, not, not a whole lot of people are talking about the Mountaineers, but that's, I mean, they have two tough games left, but wow, that's a, uh, it's a good bounce back year. Um, successful year too. Um, yeah. Come Neil up Brown nice- should be come up as a candidate for, um, for other jobs, you know, South Carolina job, jobs like yeah. that. I, I, we were all high on the, on Neil Brown. Um, st- we all still are. Um, they had a nice win last week. They dominated TCU. Um, so they're, they're looking pretty good, but OU is just playing at a different level than it seems like, uh, really than they were at the beginning of the year. I, I don't see the Mountaineers being able to consistently move the ball, uh, against Oklahoma's all of a sudden solid defense. Uh, the last four games, OU's just given up 16 points per game. Um, and that's saying something when they get up. They've been they've been up by quite a bit in a lot of these games early too. So completely shut down Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders and Shane Illingworth were garbage against OU last week. It was I mean Shane Illingworth was like five of twenty one or something. Like he was just he couldn't do anything. Um, you know West Virginia does have a good defense as well, no doubt about it. They they're they're a formidable group. But Spencer Sanders or Spencer Spencer Rattler getting my Spencers mixed up. Um, <laughs> They're going to put up some points. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. I'm going to take the, uh, the I'm going to give the 10 and a half with Oklahoma. I want to make Oklahoma my lock. Yeah, I mean, you said it earlier, Ryan. You could argue that they're playing like a, a top five team right now, but I'm going to jump in front of that Sooner wagon and I'm going to back the Mountaineers here. Um, I was high on them in the offseason. They've already had a solid year, like you mentioned. Their defense might probably actually be the best in the big 12 but we oklahoma state got a lot of pub and deservedly so but west virginia west virginia is right there like pro football mm-hmm. focus has them as one of the best pass defenses in the entire country what about college um, football focus oh, wow <laughs> good point um but it's not just the the sills brothers <laughs> on the on the d line they they their secondary has been playing outstanding so you know i just want to oklahoma has benefited from not playing the the toughest slate of defenses granted they just did beat Oklahoma state pretty well, but they were down. Oklahoma state was, was down some key players. So yeah. And this one's on the road. So I just want to see Rattler again in a, in a different environment. Um, you know, if, if Daigie can generate a little bit of offense, I think the Mountaineers have a chance to keep it close. Yeah. I mean, I think Mountaineers have a chance to win. Uh, they're, they're good enough to potentially pull off an upset. J- Jared Daigie doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, Letty Brown having a great year on the ground at running back. And we, you guys just talked about the defense. But my analysis is kind of like it was last week against Oklahoma State. I'm like Ryan. I'm not going to jump in front of this sooner wagon. So I'll I'll lay the ten and a half. I think um, you know I think uh, Spencer Gifts should have a a, a decent game here. I'm yeah. sorry, and Witty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Oh right, Spencer yeah. Levine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to our honorable mentions. Uh, Ryan, you go first. All righty then. Uh, first game here for me, Maryland at Indiana. Indiana's favorite, 11 and a half. Uh, Maryland hasn't played in a couple weeks. Uh, their last two games were canceled, unfortunately. Um, but I, I like the Terrapins here. Uh, Indiana gave everything they had last week at Ohio State, fought tooth and nail, played well, no doubt about it. So I could see a little bit of a letdown game here where you think uh, Indiana, oh, they played Ohio State close. They should be really good. But uh, I could see Maryland coming in and surprising them. So I'm going to take the 11 and a half with Tagovailoa and Maryland. Uh, moving on second game, Penn state at Michigan. Ooh, oy, oy, oy. Michigan's favored two and a half 
combined two and eight record here. Uh, just crazy that these teams are struggling. Uh, and of course, we know Michigan was fortunate last week, but I'll take Michigan. Uh, they at least have showed some signs of life. Uh, they they did beat Rutgers, uh, even though it wasn't great. But you know, Penn State's just finding ways to lose. They lost to Nebraska. It doesn't get much worse than that. So <laughs> they are uh, they're bad. Uh, moving on, third game: San Jose State at Boise State. This is a big game. What do you know? Boise's favorite eleven, but San Jose State's sitting at four and zero right now, uh, along with Boise uh, in the conference. Uh, so huge game. Uh, winner is likely in the mountain west uh title game um so i'm, I'm gonna take the spartans here um it's not over but likely yeah if if it's boise for sure <laughs> well san yeah. jose, why not san jose they'd be undefeated with the no i just mean, leg up yeah i know if boise wins they're more of a sure thing to make okay the, yes but san jose state would be a pretty big favorite <laughs> if they won i'm taking san jose state here uh nick starkle has been great so far for, for San Jose State, Bailey Gaither has been a good receiver for them. Their defense has been stout up to this point. Uh, Boise is definitely still Boise, but I do think they're maybe like a little down by by Boise standards this year. Um, Hawaii kind of gave them a, a tussle there at the end this this last week. Um, and Boise also had a... Uh, did I say Boise gave him a tussle last week? I think no, you said Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, okay, good. I'm just going to mix it up my teams and stuff this week, but... Um, <laughs> Boise also had a kick return touchdown that game, so that was that was a more competitive game than um, maybe that should have been. So yeah, I'm taking the 11 points with San Jose State. Last game, Stanford at Cal. Uh, Cal's favorite one and a half. Rough start to the year here for for both these teams trying to avoid being the the cellar dwellers. Um, this is a toss up, truly a toss up for me. Uh, hard to judge. Uh, I'm just going to take the one and a half with Stanford. Um, they've proven a little bit that they can at least move the ball. Um, Davis Mills threw for 327 yards last game. Uh, Cal, Cal, of course, has had some 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 a tough go of it so far. They had uh, some injuries and some COVID concerns uh, to deal with, uh, so that's that's been some some causes for concern for them. Um, so a little inconsistent for me to want to take them. So give me the Cardinal. All right, I got Pitt at Clemson. Clemson's favored 24 and a half. I'm going to take take the points with Pitt. If you look at the games that they've had Kenny Pickett available. They're actually having a pretty good season. I know the the games with Joey Yellen, he was really bad replacing him, so that <laughs> led to some losses there. Um, so even though Clemson had that uh, unplanned week off uh, with Florida State uh. canceling, uh, they they you know that was a chance for Clemson to get some some guys healthy that you know they've they've been banged up. So uh, that's could argue a good thing for them. Although I, I know Dabo disagrees, but I think uh, still think Pitt can can get the cover here with Pickett. Uh, Kent State at Buffalo. Buffalo's favored seven and a half. Big game in the back. Both teams three and zero. Winner of this game very likely to make the MAC championship. Buffalo is solid on both sides of the ball. Jarrett Patterson, one of the best running backs in the country. But I'm going to take seven and a half points with Kent State. Dustin Crum, their quarterback, the last two years at quarterback, 38 total touchdowns, three interceptions. He's he's, he's been great. Minnesota at Wisconsin. Badgers favored 21 and a half. Minnesota, uh, I just saw before we, we got onto podcast here, is not going to practice on Tuesday. We're recording this Monday night. Uh, they have some presumptive positive COVID-19 tests. So this game's in jeopardy. If it does happen, I would expect Minnesota to continue to be down uh, a bunch of players. So I will take the Badgers. Wow, Wisconsin could miss another one. Wouldn't that make them disqualified from the... They're pretty much out with yeah. Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern's pretty much got it anyway. True, true. But, but yeah, they yeah. would be eliminated. 
Fair enough. Georgia minus 21 and a half at South Carolina. I'm going to bet against the the game one hype of a new quarterback uh, with JT Daniels. So I'll take South Carolina, but I honestly don't have a ton of confidence in it because this is a pretty easy defense right now for uh, for a quarterback to go up against. So wouldn't be wouldn't be totally surprised if if JT Daniels has another big game. Yep. All right, I got LSU at A and M. The Aggies are favored by 14. TJ Finley he played pretty well last week. Give some optimism for the the Tiger offense, but they did benefit from one of their drives. It was a one yard touchdown drive. Um, and then the, the Aggies have had a couple weeks off. They're going to be ready to roll here. They seem to be playing with a bunch of confidence since that Florida win a few weeks back. That LSU defense is much maligned. I think it's too tall of a task to slow down Mond and, and Spiller. Next game, Northwestern minus 13 and a half at Michigan State. We touched on it earlier. Northwestern's defense has just been so dominant, and they should have no problem slowing down Michigan State's kind of putrid offense at this point. They're 118th in SP+. Plus. It's it's difficult for me to to give this many points with Northwestern, especially with that offense, but unfortunately the Spartans have just been pretty lifeless the last couple weeks, except for that Michigan game out of nowhere. Um, yeah. They've been outscored 70 to th- 73 to 7 against Indiana and Iowa in the last two games, so i got to take Northwestern. Kentucky at Florida. Florida is given 23 and a half. I'm going to go chalk here with the Gators. They got a little wake-up call last week uh, with their effort against Vanderbilt. Felt like they were kind of just going through the motions. I think they're going to give Kentucky a much better effort. Kentucky's offense has really regressed in recent weeks. They only beat Vandy by a field goal. Then they lost by 60 at Alabama. (laughs) And then finally, we've got Tulsa at Houston. Houston's minus one right now. This game is kind of in jeopardy. Houston's dealing with uh, some COVID issues themselves. They had their game postponed last week. Um, but overall, if this game does go, Houston's been a little disappointing in my eyes this year for for Holgerson. Tulsa's been the opposite; been a pleasant surprise, five and one. They're ranked now. Um, the Zach Smith, their quarterback, is day to day. We don't know he he left the last game, so we don't f- fully know if he'll be a hundred percent or ready to go. Um, if they do play Houston, they haven't had a. a a team workout in the last couple of weeks. This game's impossible. I'm I'll just take Tulsa. Yeah, that's a tough one to pick. <laughs> All righty. Uh, let's close out this episode with a questionable finish. Our first question comes from a five-star review by farthest YTTGGFD. Uh, they said, let's skip the pleasantries and get down to business. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, good question. Um, no, it's not. Um, because that is just one piece of bread. Um, and the definition of a sandwich is an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread with stuff in between them. So no, it, you're saying, Ryan, you're saying a Subway sandwich isn't a sandwich? That's one piece of bread. Hot dog is one Checkmate. piece of bread. Checkmate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so I think that... By definition, I think it is a sandwich. Like, by the if you're looking at the dictionary definition, but you should never ever call it a sandwich. It's because no one calls it that. And, mm. You know, that's that's there my take. Go. Mm. Yeah, I don't have too much of a fight in this. This this has been a debate that's been going on for years. But you know, I look at it like it is a sandwich. You got buns and meat, and I'll just bread and meat, and it's a sandwich. Yeah. So I'm saying yes. Okay. Uh, by the way, you can leave, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out. 
Uh, it's Thanksgiving this week, of course. So my question is, which one of us would win in a competition to see who could, who could eat the most? Oh, you know, Ryan, usually of the three of us works out the most. He, he burns the most calories. I'll say he can throw down the most uh, in, in a sitting. Yeah, I, you're I, also, Ryan, Ryan, you're also famous for that, that fourth meal growing up. You'd go drive through at like 11 p.m. Yeah, I'm not famous for that anymore, but, uh, you know, go ahead, Mike. I'm I, Okay, all right, I'll go. I fourth meal it, actually. Like, really, every time we record a podcast, because uh, I've got to edit it afterwards, and usually I, I give myself a little treat. I drive through, like, Taco Bell or... Uh, Do you? Nice. Raisin Cane's at, like, one in the morning, so... Ooh, God, I yeah. hate that you guys have Raisin Cane's so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's between me and Ryan. I just threw out Trey. Uh, yeah, I'll go with myself. I, oh. I weigh the most of all of us. So, how much, <laughs> yeah, how much you bench? Well, how much do I bench? <laughs> just kidding. And not applicable. How much <laughs> do you weigh these days? Well, geez, I, I think <laughs> like one eighty, maybe like high one seventies. Okay, so you're 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 thin. Way more than you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I would win. I think oh, I think win. you would win. Yeah, like Trey said, uh, I I work out the most. I burn the most calories. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going back for thirds on Thanksgiving plates usually. It's so. also a, it's also a question of mental toughness too, which I feel like I'll give you the edge there. You know, because if you're in an eating contest, I feel I, it's a lot a lot of mental toughness. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, I'd do it. Ryan, I'd, I'd probably it. eat till I puke just so I could win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to our upset special. Every week we pick, we pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm taking Ball State to win as a nine and a half point underdog at Toledo. I think they have the offense to potentially keep up with them. Drew Plitt, pretty good quarterback. Caleb Huntley, averaging nearly 150 yards per game on the ground. So go Cardinals. I like that pick. All right, I'm I might be taking Ryan's. I don't know, but I don't feel bad because you took mine last week. So I'm going to take. Maryland plus 11 and a half. Dang it. I thought I was No, they're playing Indiana. Uh, Obviously the Hoosiers are better, but they had, it's a tough loss. They, they were in the game against Ohio state. They know that they, that would have been their big statement. Now they have to come back and and play lowly Maryland. The Terps aren't that bad. They've proven to be, you know, pretty, pretty decent this year. And the Hoosiers, they also kind of know that they're pretty much eliminated from the big 10 East race. So it might be uh, might have trouble fighting through yep. it this week. Yep, totally, totally can see that. Um, I like your guys' picks, though. Uh, I'm going to go with CU Colorado. Whoa! Uh, sorry, Mike. Oh. Yeah, getting thirteen and a half at the Trojan. <laughs> I know it's that's that's why it's like just don't trust USC to to really separate themselves much from from much of anybody. Utah was played pretty horrible, and we're still kind of in that game. Uh, so I think CU who has been playing solid, the offense has been solid. And, uh, I think they can probably, I just feel like USC has got a, they've been getting pretty lucky here. Uh, at some point they're just some point they're going to lose. I, I just don't see this yeah. team going undefeated. So I, I could see it being to Colorado here. Yeah, I agree there. We play, uh, USC has Colorado wazoo and at UCLA remaining on the schedule. Each one of those games, USC will very likely be a favorite, I would think, but I do think we'll drop one of them. I don't know which one, but yep, I think so. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Lots of food, 
lots of football, maybe some my bookie, maybe yeah. some my front page story. Yeah. And I'll stop shilling. Hey, maybe our Patreon. What about that? Hey, maybe that's right. you're traveling a little bit, you're driving a, lo- a long ways, and you can listen to some bonus podcasts. So check out patreon.com slash college football bros, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.